Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. For the third time since 2019, I will be running in the Chicago Marathon, and like in 2019, as well as 2022, I will be doing so for St. Jude. At St. Jude, treatments invented have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80% since it opened more than 50 years ago. St. Jude will not stop until no child dies from cancer. Be sure to check out the link in the show notes if you would like to support my fundraiser for this year's marathon. Today's interview is with Ahmed Hamed, a former college runner that's been chasing after big goals in recent years. We discuss the importance of diversity and inclusivity in the running community, including his love of the Chicago running scene. Plus, running the 2023 Boston Marathon during Ramadan, what inspires him to run at this point in his running journey, and a whole lot more. Enjoy today's interview with Ahmed Hamed. Ahmed Hamed, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Hey, thanks. I'm, I'm here to chase. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I begin every podcast by asking my guests about their most recent run. I've been looking every day on Strava for the last week, like, oh my gosh, is he is he not on there anymore? What's going on? And then you finally ran today, and it was because you were sick. How, yeah. how did that first run back for you? Go? I was violently ill. Uh, yeah, oh. it was nice uh, to get out there this morning. You know, I was only going to do three, and I was like, no, nah, we're feeling good. We're doing four miles today. So, no, it was nice <laughs> to get awesome. out there. Weather was great for Chicago winter. So it's got like 45 today. Can't beat that. Gorgeous. In February in Chicago, I was going to ask you, how's the winter been in Chicago this year? Uh, We had a couple real brutal weeks of like negative 30 degrees, uh, real feel. Uh, But I still ran despite my better judgment um, outside because I just can't stand treadmills. But, uh, you know, it was fine. You know, you, you just dress for the weather, right? I bought a couple hand warmers and... The rest is history. We got in the miles. So that's the important thing. Absolutely. You know, I, I it's so funny because like my my youngest brother and his wife, they moved to Atlanta. Um, I follow people all over the country. And so like what winter means for someone like me, someone like you in Omaha or in Chicago seems to have a different meaning in some of these other cities. Like my youngest brother is like, yeah, hey, how do you dress for the cold? And I'm like, what's what are we talking about? He's like, like 40s. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's shorts weather. Yeah, exactly. Shorts and a long thing. You'll be just pull up the sleeves after a certain point. So uh, happy to hear that, that you've been getting outside. It was uh, it was pretty brutal for a little bit here in Omaha, but we've been we've been getting outside a little bit more. Uh, lately, you're you're from Ohio originally. Mm-hmm. Let's go all the way back. What did, what inspired you to run? So when I, I went to a private um, elementary school, and they decided one year that well, it's like K through eighth, and so they decided one year they're going to have like a middle school track season. So the math teacher she used to run track when she was in high school, and I think college track cross country and. So I was like, well, I want to do it, but I was like fifth grade. So they're like, well, you can't because you're not in middle school, but you can show up to practice. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I ran, uh, you know, whenever they would have practice and, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fun. You know, I feel like it's stamina, so like endurance. So it worked out pretty well. Uh, when I got to high school or sorry, when I went to eighth grade, I went to public school and I was like, all right, I'm going to do track. Like I've been wanting to do track forever. And uh, my parents were like, yeah, good, do track, because then all we have to do is pay for a pair of shoes. So we don't have to work, worry about buying equipment. Um, so then I, you know, I did track and, uh, in eighth grade, and the rest is history. So did you find that you were, were you 
talented for your age? Were you talented for your school? Like, like, was it something that you were having success at at an early age or were you just enjoying it no matter how good or bad you did? Uh, I was enjoying it no matter how good or bad I did. I, I don't think I was bad in middle school when I first started. I wasn't great. I wasn't like the best on the team by any means. Like I remember distinctly being like, dang, like there were, there were a couple seventh graders who were just like way better than me. I was like, this is kind of embarrassing. Like, and they were, but they were really good. They were really good to be fair. And they're still friends of mine to this day, actually. Um, but no, they're, they're really good. Uh, I remember I did, uh, cause I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I wanted to try everything. And our coach had a thing where if you did all the spring break practices, cause they weren't mandatory, you get to pick your three events for the next, for like the dual meet. So I, did, so I ran all the spring break practices. And so I did discus long jump in the 800 because the miles seemed too long for me. Uh, and I did that for a while and I went to more invitationals in middle school for field events than I did for running events, which was kind of, which is kind of funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause obviously you would change over the years. What you, you mentioned your, your, your parents being happy that they didn't have to buy you the pads or the equipment or anything. Just, just get you the shoes. Was sports an important part of your household growing up? Uh, not really. I mean, my parents, um, not in the sense of like, Oh, like raw rock, go do sports and be good at sports. It was more so of a thing of, yeah, well, we're going to sign our kids up for sports. We want them to be active. We want them to, you know, there's like certain lessons that you get from sports, just like life lessons. And, um, you know, my parents want to make sure that we had those experiences. And so, you know, when I got to middle school, they're like, yeah, sure. Do, do, you know, do sports. And, you know, uh, and then, you know, later on in high school, like they were, you know, they just wanted to make sure that I was active in some way or I was doing something social. And so I think they, they, uh, I don't want to say appreciated, but they liked that I had something that I did, I guess, in that regard. And they also liked yeah. that it was, you know, running because um, running is something that's super easy to keep up with, like outside of school. Like some sports, like if you're in like lacrosse or other sports, it gets tougher progressively to really be able to enjoy those sports outside of a competitive arena. Or like if you're, you know, you have the support of like a school's resources and so far as equipment or coaches or what have you, or just other teammates, like you don't really need other people to go for a run, although it's nice to have, of course. Um, so that they, they like that aspect of it as well. So what was it as, as you're a young kid, what is it about running that you are liking? Because it's interesting that you mentioned a few minutes ago, it, it's not like you went out and you were doing the mile right away. You were doing different events. So what was it that was drawing you in that was keeping you coming back? Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed just like the physical exertion. Um, you know, I was never the fastest guy, but I always felt like I was tougher. And so I could outlast people. Um, like I could just run for a long time or, you know, I could just run harder for a long time than a lot of other people could. And, you know, whether it was like in gym when you're in elementary school or I did Taekwondo as well. And so like whenever we do our warm up laps around, you know, the building, like, you know, just, you know, I've noticed that I, I was, you know, less, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I was pushing myself harder than other people and, and, um, and going further or faster than other people. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I knew that I was going to settle on distance running eventually. I think I was just in denial and I just thought the other stuff looked fun and I wanted to try it out. I remember one meet, um, cause I ended up picking my, my events for a lot of it. And I always did the same three events. And one day my, my coach was like, Oh yeah. And, uh, Ahmed, you're running the mile today. I was like, mile. And he was like, yeah, is there <laughs> something wrong with that? And I was like, Nope, I was like going to complain. I don't want to get in trouble for complaining. So uh, I ran the mile, could not tell you what I ran. I couldn't tell you any of the marks I put up when I was in middle school. 
Um, and then, well, maybe some rough stuff for the field events, but nothing, I couldn't tell you any concrete times for any of the running events. And after the mile, my coach just came up to me. He's like, yeah, you're running the mile from now on. And so I was like, dang it. Like, and I had the same thing in, in high school when, you know, you start doing the two mile on track. Two mile. Yep. yep. Uh, and then what I think what ended up happening there was I, I, I refused to run the two mile. Like I avoided it my entire freshman year. And then I think I, I faked a couple of injuries with the two mile in, in rate where I was like, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm feeling it today, coach. I think I might have to sit this one out. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't do any invitationals my freshman year. I wasn't good enough. Um, and at all the dual meets, our coach was like, had a basically a deal where if you like, you know, if you do the mile, you have to do the 800. So you do mile 800. Um, but if you do the two mile, you just do the two mile. You don't have to do the 800. So then some kids are like, oh, I just want to run one event and be done. Although it's the second to last event. So you're kind of like, you know, on the clock always, but whatever. Um, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing the two mile. But then I started running cross country my sophomore year. I was like, now I'm running 5Ks. So what's a two mile? Like, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> so as you get into high school, as you say, it's just like you knew that you were going to start doing more of the distance stuff. You had just kind of been in denial. You're doing these other things. As as that then happens for you, um, what what type of success were you having? Because you end up running in college. So mm-hmm. did that success come earlier or was that – were you more of a late bloomer in high school? Um, I, I would say I started to see the incremental improvements. Like I, I, I improved over the course of my freshman year, right? Like – um, I dropped my time down. I think my first race was like something, it was like around six minutes, like six oh five or six oh eight or something like that. And then by the end of the season, I worked myself down to like a five twenty five. So I was like, oh, like I'm seeing a lot of cool improvement here. Um, you know, I decided I was going to run cross country because I wasn't doing anything else in the fall, and so I may as well if I want to get better. And uh, I really saw the jump in cross country that year, where I was like, oh, look, I could be on varsity, like I could be good and. Um, and then, you know, kept that ball rolling, started running indoor track that year. Uh, I broke five minutes for the first time in the mile during that indoor track season my sophomore year. And I that was my end of year goal. Like my, my, my goal by the end of the outdoor season was to break five minutes. And I did it in indoor. And I was like, I need a new goal for for outdoor <laughs> but uh but no like i i definitely saw a breakthrough uh, i remember like, my first race was like f- for the 5k it was like 18 23 and i was in that range for like the next four weeks or so like next month or a little bit over a month like just in the 1820s um but that was my pr and then like at our home invitational i ended up running 17 26 like i pr by almost a minute and i just don't know what happened like i was just like running at the kind of the pace i usually went out at and i was like this feels like way easier than it usually does. I should speed up. So then I sped up and I caught up to one of the upperclassmen and I was like, Oh, like I'm running with, with, you know, like with my teammate, he's always way faster than me. So I'll just stick with him. And then he was like, dude, I'm having a shit race. Just go ahead. Just leave me alone. Just keep going. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll keep going. And I just kept going. And then I had no idea. Like I wasn't wearing a watch. I had no idea what pace I was going. And then I crossed the first mile. And then one of my coaches was like, you keep this pace up. You got a big PR coming. And I was like, oh, cool. Like maybe like a 15 second PR. I was like, I like, and then when I was coming down the straightaway, I was like, like you see the time, like at the finish line, I was like, whoa, like this is, this is a big PR. Um, and then I think from that moment on, I was like, okay, like I should reevaluate the the limits that I've set for myself. And so far as like how good I could be. Um, because even earlier that day, like um, I, I, had, I had made varsity, I had squeaked into varsity after like the yeah. second, after the, the first, not the first race, I had the second race. Um, and I'd kind of been clinging on to that number seven spot. And earlier in the day, like in, so I was in the varsity race and then one of the JV races, like one of the, like one of the other guys, like 
had a huge improvement. And I was like, man, like, I don't like you ran like a 1740 something. And I was like, oh man, like, I don't, I can't PR by that much. And then I just did <laughs> during my race. And so I was like, I shouldn't like tell myself I can't do that. Like I should, I should not, I should not uh, shoot myself before I'm out. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's a, it's a great story and it's, it's really cool because, you know, I think that a lot of us, uh, when, when we're really getting deep into the weeds with running, we kind of have that moment, right? Where we're like, I don't want to put limits on myself. You know, I always tell people when they ask me like, Hey, what are, what, what are you doing right now? I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I want to see what my limits ultimately are mm-hmm. to have that happen to you at such a young age. I think is really cool. And I'm honestly like jealous because I wish I would have had a moment like that. Cause I, I imagine I would have reworked my entire life around this. So like, what did that do for you? as a sophomore in high school where you're blowing past all of these times, you're blowing past all of these PRs and you're like, what, what can this be? So what did that turn into in terms of tangible goals and maybe how you changed how you were, you know, approaching running on a daily basis? Yeah, for sure. I definitely started taking more seriously. Like when I was in practice, like, you know how it is when you're, when you're in high school and and you're just like, ah, maybe I won't run today or, you know, we have seven miles. Maybe we'll do like four or five coaches are watching that closely. Like I, I definitely did that. Um, my freshman year during track uh, when I, cause I didn't run cross country the previous year. Um, and it was just like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, not that nobody, yeah. not that I didn't care. Like, not that I didn't want to do well, but I'm like, all right, what's, how big of a difference is it going to make? It was also like, I'd never run that much before. And so I was thinking, well, I'm already running more than I was doing before. So like, I'm still going to get better, you know? Um, but then after that point, I was like, okay, I should, really and a little bit before that i think once i made varsity I, I started to act a little bit more this way of like all right like i shouldn't be skipping anything i shouldn't be walking on my cooldowns i should you know be doing everything that's been prescribed to me because it's been prescribed to me for a reason like insofar as training goes right I and mean, then you should also take whatever prescriptions your doctors give you right that's that that's a separate thing entirely take your antibiotics through the whole course um don't let don't build up the immune don't let your germs build up the immunity but um but yeah i mean doing doing that and just trusting the process um and like trusting that my coaches knew what they were doing not that i didn't trust them before but like being more um i guess forward with that in my in my head of like okay like we gotta put in the work we gotta put in the effort um and so then from there it was like well you know i i shouldn't be like like just clinging on to the number seven spot for varsity shouldn't be my only goal. Like I should try to hit top five. I should try to beat these times. I should try to beat these people. Like, even if I can't beat like on my team, um, like even if I can't beat them every week, like just beating them some weeks would, would be like a huge improvement. Um, and you know, it's, it's easy to, to kind of use your teammates as goalposts cause you see them every day. Like, you know what they're doing at practice, you know what they're, sure. you know what you're doing in the meets. Like you pay more attention to them and their times at meets than you do kids from other schools. And as long as you have like a good nature rivalry with your teammates, it becomes super positive because then you push each other to do really well. Uh, you want to beat each other really bad. Um, and by wanting to beat each other really bad, you know, you're going to uh, just beat way more other people from other teams. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where that led me. And then I started to like think differently about the goals I was going to set for myself come track season. Um, and like what kinds of positions that I want, what kind of position that I want to put myself in, what kind of times or was I going to chase, um, you know, what, the, what were the expectations I had of myself insofar as making it to postseason, that kind of thing. So what, I, I'm curious what the camaraderie was like with, with the team is, I mean, you're, you're, you know, like, Hey, we're working out together. I'm also going to be chasing you down. What was, what was that like for you, you know, throughout those early years? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, you know, we, we had our training groups and so far as the people who you're like around like, you know, pace wise and as far as like your easy runs or your workouts and, you know, that corresponds to where you're finishing for your races. So, uh, a lot of the guys I was, the, a couple of the guys, the main guys I was running with were those two, the, the seventh graders I mentioned when I was in eighth grade. Uh, and so they were freshmen that year and I was, I was a sophomore. Um, and so we just ended up doing a lot of our long runs together and, um, our, um, you know, our workouts together, our coach that year, he had a pretty like, um, strict, like pace group. And so far as like long runs, um, not so much for like, like just like regular runs, but like long runs and workouts for sure. Where he's like, you know, you should be running with these people generally, um, you know, you should be running these paces, even like for long runs, like he, in his long runs too, like, it was kind of like a negative, uh, negative split type thing where it's like, okay, the first two miles, two, three miles are like easy pace. Uh, then the middle miles, which are like most of your run is just kind of like a normal, just like steady, you know, pace, like comfortable, you know, like where you can still talk to people next to you. And then the last two miles would usually be threshold. Um, so obviously those were like, he had some kind of pace in mind for us to hit. Uh, and so like, with that, you know, I was training with those guys a lot. And so, and they were beating me pretty handily, to be honest, up until that point, like it was up and up until I had that breakout race where I was like, Oh, I can like, I, I should try to compete with these guys more during races. Like we were all, we were still training together during, during practice. Um, but you know, I think a lot of that camaraderie those is, is built in those runs. Just like, just like whatever training runs where you're just out there, like in the middle of some, Metro Park in Central Ohio, logging in like uh, seven, eight, nine miles for your log runs, and you know just just trying to pass the time and just chat, and you know it helps when your teammates are good people too. Uh, so for sure, you know uh, they're good people. You want to beat them though, and they want to beat you, and you talk about it like you don't hide it. It's not like a weird thing where you're like, uh, I, I don't, I want to beat you, but I don't want to make it sound like I'm me. And it's like, no, no, Daniel, I want to kick your butt, Alex, I want to kick your butt, <laughs> and then they're like, no, I'm not going to let you beat me. And it seems like that's something um, that has continued for you, right? In terms of like the camaraderie with the running community. Like I got connected with you from Derek Lowski, who was the the guest on the second uh, podcast um, all the way back in June of 2023. I've had Chris Gutierrez on. I, I believe that you're connected with them through OPE, yeah. if I remember right. And so like I, I think what has been so cool about like my running journey over the last uh, you know handful of years, and I, I assume that you would feel the same way, is like having the interconnectivity through the internet uh, has really like kind of changed the game for me where I'm not just following local runners that I, I run with here in Omaha, mm-hmm. but I can follow someone like you in Chicago, Chris in Ohio, people out in California, people in Colorado. And I, I so it seems like that is something that, that you have continued to gravitate towards as you've gotten a lot older. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, uh, you're in high school and you're, you have a group that you run with and it's, you know, you have a group of people that you're friends with that you run with every day. You go on to college, uh, in my case where I, I, I ran varsity track and cross country. And even if you don't, right, let's say you like, you join whatever the local run club is, right? Like if I went to Ohio state, I would have joined the run club and you know, that's like a great running community there too. Um, and then you have that for four years and then you graduate and you're like, well, what now? <laughs> like That's kind of where I was at. Um, and so I, I had seen Ope on Instagram via this guy that I ran against in high school who went to another, he went to, a, he went to a different high school in the same town. So our, our, 
school district had three high schools, uh, all within like, you know, five, six minute drive of each other. Um, yeah. and he was a nice guy. Like I was friends with all, like, you know, friendly with all the guys on their team as well. But, uh, he had posted about it cause he was an open. I was like, Oh, this looks cool. Uh, and so I, I messaged him about it. Um, and like they had their, op- their applications open, open. And then I, I applied and, you know, I was, I was looking for, like that camaraderie that post but post collegiately um and i was also in a mindset where i wasn't necessarily looking to run competitively anymore um i was not in that mindset um and so i wanted to do something where people just enjoyed running and were just having fun with it and that just seemed like the group and like there are people in the group who are on the fast side like super fast side like folks who competed in the in the olympic marathon trials this past weekend and then you have some folks who are just like you know have very recently gotten into running. Right. And so this is kind of like their first foray into being some par- part of some organized group outside of like a local running stores, weekly group runs. Uh, sure. so it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool group. Um, and it's a cool group to like, you know, to contribute to in so far as like helping other people, but then also being helped by other people. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And especially for me too, as I've gone from being like, ah, I'm just here to do this casually to, all right, I'm going to try to run, some faster stuff, you know, uh, it's, it's been nice to be able to like, not feel like, Oh, I guess I have to like go to another group because there's a space for all those kinds of people in, in the Hope group. So it's pretty sweet. Absolutely. So kind of like then looking back then at high school, um, as you have this, this big breakthrough race that you talked about as a sophomore, um, at, at, at what point then do you start thinking, all right, this is something that I, I, I might be able to do, in college that I can, I can run beyond high school. Does that happen as a Jew, like going into your junior year? Or was that something as a senior in high school? Yeah. Yeah. That's something I, I started thinking about as a junior. Um, you know, I, 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 th- I had a, a, a further breakout my junior year for sure. Like I went from running, um, um, especially in track, I think, um, you know, I, I, my times dipped more. I qualified for the regional track invitational, which was, which is really tough to do from our, from our district because we like in central Ohio is, um, has the most competitive region and therefore the most competitive districts in, in track and field for the state, um, for the, for the high for D1 high schoolers. I don't know what, what it was like for the other divisions. Um, so like, I remember to qualify to regionals, I had to run a nine, I think I ran a nine thirty eight two mile my junior year. And that was the slow, I was the slowest person to make it out of, uh, to make it out of the district. Like our district was split into three sections and I was the slowest fourth place finisher to make it out. Uh, and then even like when I, my senior year, I placed six that regionals with a nine twenty six, And, you know, I was like, you know, to, to literally to qualify to the state meet, you had to break the regional record. And I think it was like nine Oh, it was like in the nine O's like nine Oh eight, nine Oh three, 901 or whatever like you have to you have to you have to run to qualify out and so i definitely wasn't qualifying out but um i remember on the drive back to the school one of my one of the assistant coaches was like yeah you know if you were in this region you would have won if you were in this region you've gotten third like you would have qualified here qualified there and i was like i don't want to hear this i don't want to hear this right now. <laughs> you're making me more depressed right now coach yeah, yeah no. no actually I, I wasn't that depressed actually i felt i was pretty content because i didn't feel like I, yeah? I i felt like i had a I, I felt like i raced well and i had a good race and you know, there was, uh, like, like, even if you don't qualify out, like, obviously that's what you want to do. You want to go to the state meet, like the next best thing is knowing that you, that you probably couldn't have really done any better. And like, maybe I could have run a little faster and gone fifth. Right. 
Um, but even then, like, what's that going to get me? I'm the first person out. I'm the first loser. You know what I mean? Um, like, I, sure. wouldn't, I wouldn't have made top four no matter what. Like, I just wasn't fast enough. Um, but it, it feels good to know that you had a good race as your last race. So how did uh, how did Ohio Wesleyan enter the picture then? Yeah, um, so you know it's funny. You when you're in high school, you get a bunch, especially if you're like a halfway decent uh, athlete, right? You get all these letters from random D three schools um, from everywhere, and uh, Ohio Wesleyan was one of those schools I got a letter from. I just like tossed it because it's like I wasn't in the mindset of like I wasn't going. I don't want to go to school to run. I wanted to go to school for school, and then if running could happen simultaneously, that would be a nice bonus. Um, so I was looking at, um, honestly, mainly at Ohio State and Otterbein. Ohio State not to run at, just to go to. And then Otterbein of like, okay, that's an option if I if I, if I I really want to push running or if it works out as, a, as an option. Um, and so um, Ohio Wesleyan, I wasn't even considering, but I was at lunch with some friends and I was talking, we we're just talking about the college application process. Like some of our, our yeah. friends who were juniors were asking us and I was like, yeah, and like you just get all these letters from random schools like, what even is Ohio Wesleyan? Like, I'd never heard of the school before. And then somebody, one of the other seniors at the table was like, oh, Ohio Wesleyan is like a beautiful school. Like I visited there like last week and like their campus is amazing. Their, their, their academics are good. But like, the, like she wanted to study nursing. She's like, they just don't have nursing. So like, you know, I can't go to school there, but I would totally apply and I would totally want to go there if they had that. And I was like, huh, well, let me look into it then. So I looked into it. They had like a beautiful website. You know, they had the programs I wanted to study. So I was like, okay, like, I threw away the, the, the letter for, for track, but uh, I'll fill out their form on their website. I filled out their form, and that day I got a phone call from the coach. Like, their coach oh, wow. was an amazing recruiter, man. He was, he was an incredible recruiter. <laughs> um, and so he was like, yeah, we have this, like, you know, event coming up. So I come, to, you know, I know now, knowing what I know about the program, like, they have this, like, winter visit day for all their prospective, uh, you know, distance runners, basically. So, like, the college, like, the cross-country, the cross-country recruits and then distance track athletes. Um, and so I ended up going to that um, and meeting a lot of the guys on the team and the guys on the team were really nice. I really, you know, it was good to interact with them. Uh, it was a good school. I liked campus, you know, the tour was nice, um, you know, did all that. And then it was kind of like, eh, like it's nice, but you know, I think I'm gonna go to Ohio state. Uh, and so I was like, you know, Otterbein and Ohio Washington were kind of out. Ohio state was in, uh, and then when I was applying for my FAFSA, um, I was like, eh, I'll throw those schools on there just to see what, what I get. And cause it doesn't hurt me. Right. I'm not going to lose anything. By sure, doing yeah. And I got like a <laughs> pretty good financial aid package back from Ohio Wesleyan. And I was like, oh, let me, let me entertain this. Um, and so, and, and there were things I remembered liking about the, obviously about the, the academics and some of the other like programs they had available to students, um, academically, um, outside of just like the classroom. So like, well, I want to go, Last time I did just like a straight up, you know, it was, it was running focused, right? I want to do one that's academic yeah. focus. And so I was like, okay, let me go and like sit, like, you know, meet a professor and do all that stuff. Cause you can select all that stuff from the website. Um, and so I was like, I should tell the coaches that I'm coming to campus. Cause it kind of looks weird if I just go and don't say anything. So um, I just emailed the coach and I said, Hey, you know, I'm visiting campus. And this was like April 29th, right? It was like, two or three days before you're supposed to like commit to a school um, was when I was going to be visiting. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to come, come in to visit. Uh, and he's like, Oh, he's like, what are you doing? Da, 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 da. And he's like, you know, trying to intercept me. So that way he can like, you know, try to get me to run there. 
And so, uh, <laughs> so he was like, okay, sit, you're going to sit on this class with one of our athletes. Uh, who's the guy who ended up being one of my teammates. Actually, he's a really nice guy. Um, and, but it was like, it was cool to like interact with him a little bit more, but I'm like, I'm not going to study zoology. Like, why do I, like, I'm, I, I was a business major. I studied, <laughs> I studied accounting and political science. Like I had no need for zoology, but whatever. It was cool. It was a cool class. Uh, and then, you know, I met with him, the coach. Uh, I met with some of the other guys on the team. Um, I met, you know, uh, one of the business professors and, you know, some other people and learned a little bit more about um, some of their other, like, again, like academic not in the classroom opportunities and especially they were huge on like travel learning stuff, uh, which I love traveling and it's something that I wanted to do more of when I was in college. And so that really caught my eye and my attention. And so I ended up deciding to go to Ohio Wesleyan um, kind of as a result of, I saw a lot of academic opportunity there. You know, when I, when I was looking at Ohio state, I, I kind of went Ohio state over, you know, I'll be honest, Ohio Wesleyan wasn't really in the picture before it was more Otterbein in Ohio, in Ohio state. And I, I ended up settling on Ohio State at first because I was like, well, like I value because I want to go to I originally my intention was to go to grad school, though that hasn't happened. Um, and so I was like, you know, building those relationships with professors would, care, would be good for that. And then also it just enhances your your overall school experience. Um, but I also want opportunities for like cool internships and study abroad and things like that. And I mean, Ohio State is everything, right? So, of course, you're going to have all that stuff. And, yeah, it could be harder to get cause, or harder to find because it's such a huge campus. But like, I knew that I was, yep. I'm was i a go-getter. And so I was like, I can find – I'll find it wherever it is. If it's there, <laughs> I'll find it. Um, but I felt like Ohio Wesleyan had both of those things. Like I could have, I could have my cake and eat it too. Um, although my parents weren't super happy at first because I, I got a full tuition scholarship to Ohio State and I turned it oh, down. Wow. I turned it down to go to Ohio Wesleyan. Although I, to be fair, with my financial aid and everything, I essentially like it all kind of added up to full tuition at Ohio Wesleyan. And so I kind of like, you know, that's how I was like, listen, guys, it's, it's net net. Let's, let's be real here. But uh, they were like, no, it's Ohio State. Go to Ohio State. <laughs> and I did not go to Ohio State. But uh, I think by the by the time by the time I was like a junior, they they're like, yeah, we they see got the, it. Yeah, we see the wisdom. We see the because by that point, it's like I had studied abroad, gotten scholarships to do that. I had gone to Italy with the choir. I you know had done all kinds of different op- like travel and research and internships and different things. Um, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we we, we see it now. We, it makes sense. We get it. So how on earth did you have time for running with all of that? You're doing so much question. more than the average college student. At and I was a commuter. And you're commuting. So yeah, how did how how did you balance all of that with with uh with running, you know, not just as a as a random college kid who's running, but you're running for a team. Yeah, I mean, trial and error, honestly. Like um, you know, I wanted to try a lot of different things and I did. Like I was in student government, um, but then that's something I had to drop after like partway through my sophomore year because I just like realized um, I didn't have the time to do everything and I had to, I had to prioritize the things that I wanted to do more. Um, mm-hmm. and I just didn't like student government as much as I liked the other stuff I was doing. Uh, and so I kind of had to pick and choose, but the biggest thing was my mindset was at the time, you know, people, like the main thing people asked me was how do you have time for a social life? I was like, this stuff is my social life. Like this is the stuff that I like doing. Cause it's not like, yeah. I don't do it cause it's a chore. I do it cause it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, You and, prioritize it. Yeah. And, and that's something that actually when I was a, uh, when I was a freshman, one of the seniors said to me on the team, he said, you know, if you're not having fun, just quit. 
Like it's not that deep, you know what I mean? It's like we're we're D three yeah. runners. We're here because we want to be. Nobody's paying us to be here. <laughs> like <laughs> you're not me. playing Ohio State football, for example. You're yeah. not a five star quarterback. It's not going to ruin everybody's life. Yeah, exactly. It's just like yeah, you're just we're here to ha- we're here. I mean, we're here to win. We're here to do well and, per- and perform. But we're we're here to have fun. You know what I mean? And so it's like uh, I I try to I try to keep that even like when things were tough. It's like God, like when I'm like God, like this sucks. Like I just don't want to. I don't want to go to practice today. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have to. Like, I'm doing it because I want to, you know. But, you know, there are things like, though, like, I didn't play video games during the semester. I just didn't have time. Like, there are other things like that. But, you know, uh, oddly enough, I think being a commuter kept me on top of my schoolwork a lot more because um, when other people would be going back to their dorms to go take a nap, I'm like, what dorm to go take a nap? I live 45 minutes from campus. By the time I get home, I have to drive back up for practice. So I'm staying here. So I would just find like a, you know, an empty study room and just be like, all right, I'll just like, you know, knock out some homework really fast. And then I was also like, I was very intrinsically motivated um, in a lot of ways, especially academically. Um, And so like, that was super important to me to make sure that I did well in school. Um, Obviously I want to go to grad school. So like you have to, you know, you have to have a good GPA, right. To, to, to boost that application. But uh, I also was like, you know, I know I'm here. I'm not here for any of this other stuff. As as fun as it is, I'm, here mainly to get that degree, um, which you can kind of see right there. <laughs> there we go. It would seem like it would seem like this mindset is. I mean, it explains why you were able to balance everything so well in college, but also why you have continued to go after big goals in your in adulthood. Whether it's you know, I would assume you're doing that in your regular life, but also in running. I, I think that it. You know, I think all of us, all the guests essentially that have been on this pod, and I would include myself, like there's something, you know, a little loose in us that we are able to, it's like, I have my my regular job and I'm also going to run 70 miles a week. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there, something is wrong with that picture. Um, And so like, it it, it seems like you have probably always had that and it's really paid dividends for you. Yeah. I've had several screws loose for a very long time. (laughs) Uh, No, for sure. I think, you know, it's something I've been like, um, I don't want to say meditating on because that makes me sound like I'm sitting in a corner in silence with like whale noises going on in the background. But, you know, it's something that has been, has crossed my mind a lot, I would say over the last six, seven months, because, you know, when you're in school, right, you have like these, these very, like these external goals that you're working towards that other people, even like if you set for yourself, like it's within a system, right? Like the system is to get a bachelor's degree, to get a master's degree. The system is like, even when you're, competing in college right or in high school it's like this like the system is there's a conference championship where you want to be all conference where you want your team to place high there is a regional championship in which you have to place high enough in order to qualify for nationals there's a national championship in which you have to place high enough to become an all-american like there there are these things that are set for you but then when you when you are out of that system like what the heck do i do now it was worse for me because i graduated in 2020 it was the middle of covid like what the what am i supposed to do now and so like, I like I've like, uh, you know, I've been figuring that out, um, I guess, like it, immediately it was like, uh, I don't know, uh, get my CPA because I studied accounting. So I'm like, I guess I'll go get my CPA. So I did that. And then I'm like, oh, what do I do now? Uh, I don't know. And then like by that point, I had to worry about moving to Chicago. So then now is the next thing up. Um, and then like, you know, trying to figure it out. But there was definitely a period where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know what I mean? And actually, in which case, to be honest, like running has been great because uh, running sets like it forces you to set goals in some aspect of your life. Right. And so, um, you know, you, you look and you're like, all right, I have this marathon on the calendar. Like I want to run fast for this marathon. 
And so I got to train, I got to do this and that, you know, I got to put myself in a good position. So you're, you're out there goal setting. Um, and then, you know, slowly that carries over into your professional life, into your personal life, whatever. Yeah. I, although I guess like running goals are kind of personal, right? Because it's like, it's definitely not professional. I'm not getting paid to do this. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I don't know. That's, I guess that's, that's that regard, but it is, it is tough once you, once you, once you're out of that school academic system, you know, where things are super structured and things become less structured for you to be able to, to set those goals. Do you feel like being a runner, um, especially in, in post-college, do you feel like that makes you a better, you know, friend, uh, son, partner, whatever it is? Do you feel like it's making you a better person, employee? Does it feel like it make you better? I think so. Um, I think in a, for a few different ways. Um, I think once um, it strengthens your, it strengthens your, your mindset, right? You you cannot go out there at five, wake up at five thirty every day, running. You know, even if it's thirty miles a week, like it, like it doesn't matter, or like, or even less. Like you cannot do have the discipline, and the commitment to do that, and then have that not carry over into other aspects of your life. So I think that's one, and that's especially pertinent for the professional side of things, right? Being able to get your work done, um, and just and you know just being able to get in there and grind it out, not not glorifying the grind set culture 100 percent sure, not yeah. please don't yeah uh, that if i did that i would not have time to run um you know balance is key and everything um but you know it, it helps it helps for sure and it's also like i'll be honest it's it just looks impressive to your coworkers. like you just look like a badass like not <laughs> lying i was up at 5 30 today and i had 10 miles to run yeah i don't even have to say it like there's this guy that i work with um and he'll come because there's actually me so i'm like you know in the accounting in the accounting department there's like me and then this other guy who's also a marathoner who runs more and is way faster than i am like he just competed in the in the trials this past weekend the marathon trials and uh He'll come by and he's like, how far did you guys run today? And then he'll be like 15 and I'll be like a schlep running nine miles at, you know, <laughs> 6 a.m. And, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's very funny. But like, even when I was interviewing, like, um, uh, I, I'd thrown on my, my, um, my resume, like interests, I put running, you know, whatever yeah. you want to sound like a human being, not just like a, not just like a, uh, accounting robot. And uh, they're like, oh, we have, you know, this guy who who we work with who runs too. Uh, and they're like, oh, do, do you do marathons? Like, yeah. Like, oh, did you do Chicago this year? It's like, yeah, I did. Like, oh, that's so cool. How was it? You know, it's, it's just like a cool thing that gets brought up. Um, but yeah, so I guess like in like, I don't know, talking, I'm talking a lot about everything and nothing. Um, but I don't know. Another way I think that it helps is like, I don't really run with headphones a lot. Um, not because of anything. I just don't. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for it. Sometimes I'm not. Like if I have an early morning workout, I'll definitely be listening to music because I'm like, I got to have something. But sometimes yeah. I just like like to not have anything just buzzing in my ear. And sometimes even like I'll have my head, I'll leave with my headphones on, um, but then I'll like pause it because like I live right by Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. And so it's like, all right, I got to, there's cars are blasting. So I got to wait until I get for, far enough from the cars on the, on the lakefront trail. So that way I can actually hear the headphones because I have those, uh, those air aftershocks. Um, so like yeah, my, the, the bone contusions. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so like, you know, my ears are open, so like it's not blocking out any of the, any of that ambient noise. Um, and then sometimes like I'll literally get like a quarter mile into the run, just like barely on the path where I would usually unpause or I would usually, yeah, unpause my headphones and I'd be like, no, I'm good. Like I don't need anything. Um, but like all that to say, you know, you're just thinking, you know, you're just thinking about stuff. Uh, you know, you're more introspective. 
uh, you're more, you become more intentional um, about things in general because you're just like thinking about life, right? It's just like, it could be about dumb stuff. It could be about deep stuff, but you're just thinking. Um, and I think it forces you to understand yourself better and your body better. You know, you can push yourself past a certain point that it takes to train for a marathon, like every day, you know, day in, day out. Um, I think that um, for a lot of people, it invokes a sense of, you know, empathy, I guess, for, for pain and suffering in other humans. Uh, and so, What's the best part about running in Chicago? Oh, God, it's the groups. It's all the people here. It's so incredible. Um, there are so many running groups here in Chicago, and they're all, like, they all serve such different purposes. It's incredible. Like, yeah. like you have, like, when I first moved here, I joined Lakeview Run Club because I was living in Lakeview. And, you know, they're a great group of just, like, a casual neighborhood run club. It was super helpful for me. I was still running casually at the time, got to meet a lot of new people. Um, you have a lot of uh, run clubs. You know, you have the more competitive groups, of course. Um, and then you have some groups that are like really motivated to help, you know, spread uh, health and healthy habits in communities that don't really have that um, generally. Um, so especially places like uh, running clubs on the on the south side and on the west side, we're looking at like groups like Seven on Sundays, Los Lobos, Venados, Tortugas. Um, there are so many amazing groups. Or more recently, um, within the, the last like year and a half or so, Chicago Muslim Running Club started up, which is a really cool club that's very like location agnostic, but it brings in a lot of the Muslim community from not just the city of Chicago, but all the suburbs as well. Um, and it's cool because there's a lot of people who have come out for that, who have like, who are not really runners or they're just started running and they're like, ah, like this is just, it just seems like fun. So I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to start running just so I can hang out with this group. And you have people go from that to being like, oh, I'm definitely signing up for the marathon and all these people signing up for the marathon next year. And I can't wait. I can't wait for the summer when we start training. Uh, it's always hilarious, too, because I ran with them every long run this summer, every long run, not one long run that I run with another human being. All of them were solo. <laughs> I just ran all of them by myself because, because you know, everybody's at their own paces and uh, not the sound conceded, but like we're just I just don't share a long run pace with anybody in that group. But they're like a phenomenal group of human beings. So I love going out there every day and running with them. But I can't wait to see all these people come out every Saturday morning here on Montrose Beach. Um, which is like where I can see it from my window right now um, and getting out there and just logging miles and getting coffee afterwards and, you know, just seeing all these people go through the ups and downs of marathon training. Oh, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so incredible. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the best part about running here in Chicago. It's just like so many awesome people who are doing it. That's so cool. And and so earlier, you, you know, you mentioned you're graduating in 2020. And obviously that was, uh, it was quite the year for all of us. And one of the things like one of the lasting things that I will think about is all of the discussions about diversity and, and, you know, people maybe trying to look in, inward and see like, what was I doing wrong? How was I doing things wrong? And how can I be better? And so you just mentioned some of these running groups and the diversity in that. How important has that been for you? Um, you know, throughout your running journey, whether it goes all the way back to, you know, when you're growing up in Ohio, going into college, and then even getting into Chicago now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just in general, right? Like you just don't see a lot of, um, you just don't see a lot of people like me in spaces doing things, you know, I mean, the only, like one, like the only time you'll see like a brown, uh, even bearded or not bearded, like a brown Arab dude or a brown Muslim dude, just like anywhere it's usually some side character portraying a terrorist on some kind of racist trope on a movie or tv show like it's it's yeah. it's like you just don't get it so like when i you know when i was in middle school and high school i was running like a lot of times i'm the only arab i'm the only muslim on my team um you know 
uh, I, I would say by, by the end of my high school, we had a couple other guys, but none of them were distance runners, um, except for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just don't see it. And, you know, I, I never let that stop me. Um, if I, if I let that stop me, I would never do anything. Like I, I learned pretty quickly. I had to be like my own role model. Um, and then also like the role model for the, for some of the people around me, like I'm, you know, I'm the oldest, um, yeah, I'm the second oldest of my five siblings. There's, there's, well, there's five of us. I have four siblings. Um, I'm the oldest boy. Right. So like, I, you know, that comes with a certain level of, uh, responsibility and being able to like, you know, show, like build the path, I guess. Um, and yeah. so that, you know, I take that seriously and, you know, when I, so I, you know, I'm, I've always, I was always the only, the only person in those environments, even when I, you know, was at Ohio Wesleyan, um, you know, there have been some like guys who had come through the program, actually, I was kind of surprised, um, by the amount of like brown guys that like <laughs> kind of similar to me that could come to the program, but I never overlapped with any of them. Um, they all kind of preceded me. But, um, you know, still, it's like the same thing of being, you know, the one dude on the team who's Muslim, being everybody's one Muslim friend, being like, you know, everybody's introduction to to brown people. Like, uh, especially at a school like Ohio Wesleyan, like Ohio Wesleyan crazy because you go to school and like I graduated with like 400 people from my high school graduating class. The guy next to me graduated with like 20 people. And that's just like kind of the norm. Like you have a lot of these folks coming from very rural parts of Ohio. Or somebody once said, like, man, Ohio Wesleyan is so big. Like, there's so many students here. I'm like, there are less students here than in my high school. Like, that is nuts. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, but when you go to a high school with, like, 40, 50 people, like, yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I've, I've just, like, you know, just I've been that my entire life, like, growing up in central Ohio. Like, um, you know, when I, when I, it was very noticeable when I left. I used to go to an Islamic school when I was in, when I was in elementary school through seventh grade. Um, and so there was like a big change when I went to, to public school in eighth grade for the first time. And, you know, that kind of just carried over through the, through even like till today, like, you know, in the workplace or wherever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having groups, I think that serve these purposes is really cool. And what's really cool is they're, they're not exclusionary either. Right. Like, like you don't have to be Muslim to go to Chicago, Muslim run club, but we've had non-Muslims show up who are just like, yeah, I'm like, just, I just like to go to random run clubs around Chicago and just hang out. I'm like, yeah, dude, sh- show up, ha- have some coffee. With us <laughs> after. Let's go get breakfast. We're just hanging out. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like the same thing. It's like, like I don't have to be Latino to go to Tortugas or to go to any of these other groups. Right. Like it's open. Like you just go and you just have a good time uh, and you just meet new people, meet really cool people who are doing really cool things for their communities. So you, you said early in the answer that, you know, a lot of in a lot of spots in, in your life, you're like you have been, um, you know, the only person of color there. And so I wanted to ask you about Boston last year because the 2023 Boston Marathon takes place during Ramadan. And so you I, mean, I love the photos of it because I love the, the kit that you're wearing. Um, and so I wanted to the, the, the first question that I was going to ask you was, was there anyone that you could lean on for that process? Just given that like. That's going to be, com- I mean, it's so funny. You listen to like any, any podcast about marathon training and essentially you have to throw all of it out because it's about fueling oh, yeah. and hydration on race day. And so who could, could you even lean on any, anyone no. uh, in the lead up to that? And, and by the time, so you're just going in blind. What was that process? Like? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember in 2016, before the Rio Olympics, I saw like there was a, I don't know if it was a New York Times article or where it was like a major, you know, news organization. They published this article about Muslim athletes gearing up for the Rio Olympics because um, the Ramadan, that, that, that cycle was during the summer. 
And so, you know, a lot of these people, I don't think the actual competition was during Ramadan, but, um, but people were like basically the training right up before it started was during Ramadan and how they, you know, and how they, uh, changed their schedules their training schedules and their diets and different things. And so I, I remembered back to that, that was kind of helpful, but not super helpful for the situation. <laughs> uh, and so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'll tell you what, what it was. It was just like a, a, the, the accumulation of a lot of years of experience, um, I, you know, basically did all my summer training in college and even in high school, it fell during Ramadan. And so, you know, the hard, the, the hottest part of the year, the hardest part of the year to train really, uh, the longest days, so you're like the longest period of time fasting. Uh, it's just brutal. It sucks. You know, I, I had already done that for many years. So at least I had that kind of experience and obviously it's not the same as running a marathon, but it gives you some, uh, it gives you some, uh, beneficial knowledge. Uh, you know, I'd run a few marathons, you know, normal <laughs> before that. So at least I knew <laughs> how it would impact my body and, you know, how it would, how it would react. And um, so I just had to kind of depend on my knowledge of the marathon, my knowledge of how my body uh, is impacted by the fasting, and then the combination of those things uh, going into the race, um, and then just trying to like min-max my nutrition. Like I was eating just like raw bagels with like protein shakes the morning of. So I'm like, I need to get in as many carbs and protein as possible. But I was like, but I also need to get in hydration. I also need to get in water. And it was like, uh, it was a mess. And and Boston is so unique because Boston isn't, isn't like a super early race. And no. so it's not like, you know, you're, it's not like Chicago, right? Where, you know, we're running essentially in that marathon as the sun is starting to rise. Boston's a lot different. So mm -hmm. how early were you waking up that, that morning? You know, I had to wake up at like three 30 in the morning to, to eat. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I, I, the cutoff was like four fifteen or something. Um, <laughs> and so it was brutal. It was, it was earlier than in Chicago. I remember in Boston. And so yeah, I just got up super early and then I was like, okay, I'll just go back to sleep. But I was like, but even like, here, that's a deceptive thing about Boston. And this is like for anybody running Boston, right? Because even though the race is like later, you can't wake up that much later than you would normally because you still have to get still down. You still got to get there. Yeah, you got to get down to like Copley Square. You got to drop off your stuff at Gear Check. And they bus you out to whatever the starting line is. I forget what that town is called. Hopkinton. Yeah, Hopkinton. And they bus you out to Hopkinton. And then you're sitting in these tents that have no walls. I was not prepared for this. I did not know this. And so I, I forgot to buy like throwaway sweats. And so I'm sitting there and like basically my, my just like my my shorts. And at least I was like, oh, well, I'm not wearing a tank top today. I was wearing like a t-shirt with like, you know, those removable, like I have like, a regular t-shirt on and like, just like those arm sleeves that you wear for races sometimes. Cause I imagined yeah. I would be taking those off at some point. I never did. Cause it just never really got warm enough. Um, and that's all I had. And thankfully some, uh, I ran into these, these two guys I ran against in college who went to the college of Worcester and we we're just chatting it up. And one of them had a spare, like one of those heat blankets, those metallic heat blankets that they give oh, you at the finish line. Lifesaver. Yeah. So he's like, dude, you can have this. You're freezing. And I was like, thank you. Sir. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was sucked. But, um, but you know, once the race got started, um, you know, it was fun. Like the, the energy from, from the crowd really helped. Um, I also did a dumb thing. So dumb where I was like, okay, like I'm going to run, I want to run like around like a three thirty. like, you know, I was like thinking in my head, like seven thirty to eight minute pace per mile, first mile, six thirty pace. What? So, <laughs> so I was in the first corral in the first wave and I didn't want to move back because I want to start as early as possible. So I could finish as early as possible. 
Um, and so I was like, that's fine. Like as soon as our gun goes off, I'll just move off to the right and just let everybody pass me. Um, and I did that. Dude, I was getting passed, left. I've never been passed that much in a race in my life by so many people so fast. It was insane. Um, and so I just let these people keep going. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm running so slow right now. Like, I got to be running 730 pace. And then my watch beeps and it says 630. And, you know, it's all downhill. Like, I haven't, I haven't even hit the bottom of the first downhill yet. We're, we're over a mile into the race. I was like, well, that's crazy. Let me slow down even more. I felt like I was crawling. Second mile was 602 or something like that. I was like, what? What? <laughs> and so, and then I even out in the 630s. And I was like, ah, whatever. It's just like, I'll just say in the 630s. And then if I die, I die, I guess. And uh, which is not a, which is not a good attitude to have, um, especially considering I had several people calling me the day before trying to talk me out of the race. So it was out of just, just doing it at all, all of, of fasting while I was doing the race. Oh, okay, yeah. And so, yeah, I was going to ask you because you you plan on going out and you finish a half hour faster ultimately than you plan. Yeah. Um. How, how did you feel by the end of the race? So I felt atrocious. It was the worst. I remember. I felt actually. I felt okay. I felt good for a lot of the race. I felt okay for then some of the latter stages of the race. And I would say in my head, I was like, I'll just try to keep this pace. If I'm feeling good to 5k to go, I'll speed it up. I got 5k to go. And I was like, I'm not feeling good, but I'm not feeling bad. So I'm just going to maintain, like, I'm going to stay where I'm at. And then with a mile to go, I was like, I feel so bad. I feel atrocious. I've never felt this bad in a marathon before but there's a mile left. Like, what am I, what am I going to do? Like there's a mile left. And then with a half mile to go, it starts pouring rain. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is insane. And then I was like, you know what though? Here, like there are people who are just now getting started. So I can survive another <laughs> half mile. So I finished the race and like my legs were just so sore and dead. Like they haven't, I'd never felt that way since my first marathon. Um, and so like I just, you know, got my stuff, you know, took a few photos. I, I ran into one of my old college teammates, like when I was like in like the bullpen area and I was like, Oh, Daniel, let's take a photo together. Uh, but, uh, it was, that was really cool. Um, and then, you know, I just changed into some dry clothes I had in my bag. And then I was going to try to get the track Smith. Cause I was like, man, I really want this poster because what a great souvenir. I need a souvenir from this incredible experience. But like, you know, when you get to the end there, like in Boylston, if that's how you pronounce it, um, it's just like a maze. Like it's like some streets are closed cause it like, cause like the course kind of zigzags and yeah. I could not get my way to the tracksmith store. And I was like, I'm too tired for this crap. I'm going home. So then I had to wander even more to try to find like an open road where I can call an Uber. So I can get to my hotel and I got to my hotel showered and I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping for the next several hours. So I just went to sleep. <laughs> And, and, uh, I remember my, I, I was get, like my, I was talking to my friends afterwards. So I posted a little video on my Instagram story just to let people know I was alive. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, dude, you looked so tired. <laughs> like get these bags under your eyes. You're talking so slow. Like it was, it was, yeah. But you know what? We survived and it's a great story. It's a great story, man. It is such a cool story. And so you ran Boston and, and you were able to get it done and you you destroyed your goal going into it. And so then I wonder, as you turn the page on that one, you mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, you'll be training, you know, in the in the summer for another Chicago marathon with mm -hmm. a lot of people who who signed up for it. And so as you move past Boston in 2023, you had ran Chicago once before. So was was the mindset going into last year, Chicago, like, 
all right, now now obviously I'll, I'll be able to eat. I'll be able to do my nutrition like yeah. normal. It's t- it's time to, to go after some big goals. Yeah, yeah. So that was definitely what I was thinking going into Chicago 23rd. Like Boston was just like, I just want to have fun with it. I just want to enjoy the experience. Yeah. So I'm not going to race it. Um, so then Chicago this year, I was, you know, I really wanted to, I really want to race it, do well. I want to break 230. Um, but like I kind of, uh, tripped, so to speak towards the end of my training. And I, I kind of dropped the ball a little bit, just, you know, my own fault. Like it's, you know, training by myself every day. Sometimes it can get tough to stay motivated. And, uh, I did not stay sufficiently motivated, so to speak. Uh, and so I, you know, I still PR'd thankfully by like three minutes. Um, and so like, it was good, but it's like, could have been better. So, you know, uh, this year, uh, I'm not doing a lot of running in the winter, just, uh, I'm just running four days a week, lifting two days a week, uh, trying to stay active. Um, but I'm working on some other stuff in my personal life right now unrelated to running. And so that's, you know, I want to make sure I'm dedicating the necessary and sufficient time for those things. And then, um, I will gear up, you know, first, you know, my marathon training, probably end of April, beginning of May timeline. Uh, and then gearing up for Berlin. So Berlin's going to be my A race this year. And then I'll awesome. do in Chicago again. Of course, uh, you got to do the, the hometown race, which is now my hometown race, which is weird to think about. Uh, and then uh, probably New York. <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, they changed three the majors in the span of a few weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Well, because they changed the rules on us, which is a good thing. Uh, so like the time qualifiers before, it was just like a raffle. Or it wasn't a raffle. Sorry, it was first come, first serve. And so it was like... If, as long as you hit the standard, you have to be the first person to apply with the standard. But now it's more akin to Boston where it's like, okay, you have to hit the standard. And then we, and then if there's more people who apply, then we have space for, we'll just take the fastest people. And so that honestly like serves me better because my PRs are 233. So like I can, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think there's gonna be too many people faster than I am who is applying where I couldn't get a spot. Um, and that's the last, you know, US major that I need. So it would be nice to cross that off the list and just, you know, again, just take it as a victory lap, right? Like the way that I'm seeing it, Boston's the A race, not Boston, Berlin, different B race. Uh, Berlin is the A race. Uh, Chicago is like, we're going to run fast. We're going to have fun, but it's not going to be a PR effort. Um, I'll probably just see if I can pace people. Uh, I'll be in the American development program. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a nicer amenity type start. Um, and so we'll see if, if people need pacers, probably makes more sense for some of the women if, if they need pacers. Um, but, uh, you know, do that, have some fun with it. And then New York, we're just going to be like, all right, one more, one more lap around the block. Let's, let's, let's party for 26.2 miles. If I, if, if I end up doing New York, it's not obviously settled. I, the, this, I haven't signed up yet because it doesn't open until the end of the month, but it would be cool. Yeah. So I want to go back to Chicago last year because I loved what you wrote on Instagram uh, towards the very end of your post. You said, this year has been an exercise in putting myself in the thick of it. There's nothing on the line for me except my own goals. I was willing to risk that to see just how far I could go, and I came up short, and that's just the nature of this sport. I take joy in the process and understand that while performing well and hitting my goals is important to me, it's even more important to know I can fall short, dust myself off, and keep pushing. So, I mean, those are great words. Uh, I mean, it really jumped out to me when I was just kind of bouncing around on your stuff the other day. And so I kind of read that to then ask you, like, what, in, what inspires you to continue to run and to continue to do it at this high of a level? You said something a couple of minutes ago about your balance right now in your life uh, away from running. And I thought that, that those were some good words as well. So, like, what, what inspires you to, to go out there and continue to do these types of things? I just want to see 
how good I can be. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it boils down to. Like, I, I enjoy pushing myself. I'm not the kind of person who can be complacent with where I'm at. Um, even though, despite how much I try, like, you know, I can't, I can't sit still and be like, I'm okay with, with my lot in life. Like, no, I have to, I have to improve myself. Um, and so for right now, um, that is, you know, running is, is a bigger focus. Um, just because, you know, I'm a single dude, like I live by myself, I don't have any kids or anything. So it's like, I don't have that as, as something I'm worried about. Um, but you know, I don't know, like, I just feel like there's, there's like unfinished business, uh, when it comes to running. And so I don't know, maybe one, if I, when I break that two thirty mark, I decide there's finished business now in the marathon, like I'm good. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I probably won't be until I hit at least all six majors, but like, you know, let's say I hit all six majors, I break two thirty. Maybe I think I'm good. I could probably run faster, but it's not really going to do me any service. I can say I'm a sub two thirty marathoner and that's good enough. Right. Uh, maybe I don't, maybe I, I hit it and I'm like, no, I have gas in the tank. Maybe, I, maybe I should try for bigger goals. You know, we'll see. I know that one one running goal I still haven't hit yet that I don't know if I'll ever hit it, but um, it might be something to focus on if I ever feel like I need something to focus on. I still haven't broken 15 minutes in the in the 5K. That's something I'd love to do. I know I should have done it in college. I just really the the I never strung together the right race at the right time. So I don't know. There's there's but there's you know there's there's things out there that I would still like to accomplish. You know if you know sufficient i have sufficient time and resources available to me i guess but yeah i don't know it's just you know what life is life is more fun if you make it interesting let's just make things interesting you know what i mean that's a great word what's your favorite part about running i don't know um i just i like pushing myself i like um i don't know it's just it's it's freeing it's uh meditative it's relaxing in a weird way uh so I like, I like being healthy. Like I, I like what running has done for my life in that regard too. Like I just care more about my health because I'm a runner. So I don't know. There's a lot of things I like about running. <laughs> for sure. So I finish every podcast by asking my guests about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something or it could just be a feeling. Ahmed Hamid, what are you chasing? Oh God, I'm chasing that sub 230 mark for Berlin this year. I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, well, I hope I'll, I'll, hope I'll be ready at the end of September. But, uh, but yeah, dude, it would be great. Uh, that's what I was going for in Chicago this year. And that's what I fell short of. You know, I knew I was not necessarily in shape to do it, but I went for it anyways. PR'd in the half marathon, 114.30. Uh, and then just blew up spectacularly the second half. But you know what? We're going to try it again. And hopefully this time we maintain that pace. Ahmed Hamad, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Ahmed Hamed for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me as I write about my experience training for the 2024 Eugene Marathon. Know anyone that would be a great fit for the pod or just want to drop me a note? Email me at Chasing3Hours at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend. 